Welcome to Emil Franzink's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And that is absolutely true. Good afternoon and evening, morning, whatever time of day it happens whatever to be. Whatever your time zone is. Yeah, that you may be listening zone. to this uh, program. It is uh, Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker to France is here. Right. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles, as always. And also here. Hello. And also here is a freelance journalist extraordinaire. David Layton. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. As Freelance. Usual. Freelance. Call you, me an independent journalist. It sounds so much cooler. Yeah, it does. Who was? We had somebody on the show. I, I, I called them a journalist, and they took offense. Yeah, they did. But And then I looked up at, at one of their early bios. Yeah. It said it was the journalist. What? He said. Yeah, oh, yeah. Scott Dyke. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, journalists are don't have the reputation they once had no, they you know, for credibility don't. and, they certainly and don't. ethics and integrity. So that's yeah, why people well, don't want to be called if journalists. They're, if they're living in a journalist, they don't deserve it. If, they, <laughs> if they're old-timers that died, there should be honor. Okay. Well, it all depends on, on who you might Edward be talking about. Our, right. Uh, all right. David Brinkley. These oh. these are legends. Yeah. Yeah. Chet Huntley. There, you, there go. you go. We're not talking about Chris Como here, guys. No. We're talking about actual real journalists. Yeah, real yeah. journalists. Fredo? I never talk about Fredo on the weekends. What are you what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> Hold on a second. I need to put my seatbelt on. Yes, 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 yes. All right, today's well, program. We're not going to talk about Geraldo either. No, we're not. <laughs> Jerry Rivers. Uh, there's I have a great That's story. Right. I have a great story about Jerry Rivers and Michael and Michael it. Landon, but I really don't think I should tell it. <laughs> Can you clean it up a little no, bit? No. Oh, okay. No, I can't. Uh, oh, just another reason for me to come to come to Tucson. Yeah, but it's you better go, come. It's go to a, dinner. It's a doozy. Landon told a doozy on this one. <laughs> anyway, our show today <laughs> is uh we're doing um uh, the life and career of uh, actor Dick Powell. And, uh, Who actually did westerns, and nobody he, knows it. That's correct. In fact, David didn't know it. In fact, he didn't even know who I, Dick I Powell was. I did not was. know who he was. Well, I had to I, actually I look this up. I wanted to throw him out, but yeah. Harry said he could stay. You're, you're going to get an education. education. These young young journalists nowadays, they don't know anything, that's as you right. told me. Anywho, now, if it was a street in Tucson, you'd have us you'd have us whipped to, whipped to a frazzle. Now, do you have uh, do you have any uh, uh, what do you call uh, housekeeping that you need to do, Bunker? Oh, uh, housekeeping. No, well, no, I, I did the. Fire Ranch board meeting yesterday, and things are moving on at their COVID snail pace, which is not moving at all, almost. <laughs> and I am so sick of all of this stuff. Yeah, that, I think we uh, are. I want to run out, stick my head out through the window, and say I'm not going to take it anymore. Right, and we're not. So. All right, we're going to talk about uh, Dick Powell, American-born actor, born Richard Ewing Powell in Mountain View, Arkansas, November 14th of 1904. An Arky. I think it's pronounced Arkansas, guys. I think it's pronounced Arkansas, but... All right, we'll go with that one then. It's an Arky. In in any event... Arkansian. In any event, uh, he did attend high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he attended Little Rock College for a year. He uh, was married, uh, what, three times, three I believe. Times. 
and uh, to uh, first time to a lady named M. Mound. Mildred Mound. All right. And then she didn't act- like show business. Oh, that's right. She didn't like show business, and so she uh, went off, ended up with some disc jockey or something, <laughs> I, I believe, uh, in, in reading about that. Um, he uh, was also married to actress Joan Blondell. And she was a hottie. Was and uh, he Ooh. was... Uh, his uh, last wife was actress June Allison. Um, America's sweetheart. That's right. His career, he was a singer with his own band at age 17. He played the baritone horn. He toured with the Royal Peacock Band, then with Charlie Davis's orchestra in Indianapolis. In 1930, uh, that's when that uh, occurred, he was a singer, a comedian, and a master of ceremonies at Stanley Theater and uh, Pittsburgh. And the Enright. And he also sang on radio in 1932. His uh, film debut was in 1932 uh, in Blessed Event, a contract with Warner Brothers, and he also sang on some radio series. And he was cast as a singing band leader. He was. He was. He in and throughout his career, early career, um, he he looked like he was a teenager, so he was always cast in those kinds of roles. (laughs) Those kinds of roles, and uh, in the forties and fifties, he wanted to break out of that and. Uh, was successful. The thing about Dick Powell, uh, I read a quote on him, and he, he 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 basically he got into this business to pick make money. Oh, pick make money. Oh, no, make that, that was his motivation. Make money. Well, he he was like a lot of you know, he's like Bob Hope and and uh, Randolph Scott and he had Charlie Sterrett. They were businessmen. Yeah, he was he was a businessman. He uh, he did. Uh, he knew what he wanted, and he worked for it, and he got it, uh, albeit later in his career. Um, Blessed Advent in 32 was his first movie, but he's probably known more for uh, the 1933 film, 42nd Street. Uh, plus, he was in The Gold Diggers of 33, uh, The Gold Diggers of 35. Um, a lot of gold digging. And a lot of gold digging days. there. Oh, my goodness. Yes, a lot of gold digging. And uh, yeah. he, he, he basically was a song and dance guy. You know, thinking about it, gold digging is an old Hollywood tradition mm-hmm. started by young starlets back in the silence mm-hmm. day, and they're still doing it today. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking for a wealthy older woman myself, you know, so I can be a gentleman <laughs> scholar. I believe in equality of, of the genders, so I, 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 I can do that as well. I've always looked for a, a, a rich ranch woman, you know. But it's never worked out for you, though. Well, well you, you, there's still hope. You, there's still hope. You have, to know, you have to know your marketplace. Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, and you got to so. go where there's a lot of fish in a very small pond. Yeah, yeah Bunker, so, that's, that's, like, your, that's like your mistake. the Beverly Hills Hotel on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I, I can, I can go out to L.A. I have had two standing offers over my lifetime. One from uh, a friend of mine. I was going to hook me up with a ranch lady up in Montana. You should have uh, taken it. No, no. And then my my cousin, uh, his girlfriend, uh, she has a friend that has a ranch that uh, she said I could have the bunkhouse, which is a start. <laughs> That's a pretty generous offer, though. Yeah. She barely knows you, and she's offering you a bunch. She doesn't yeah. know me at all. In time, she's already yeah. asking you to go to the bathroom outside. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's, that's a heck of an invite. I like outhouses. I think we should all go back to outhouses, especially everybody living in Los Angeles. They should have a big They already outhouse. have their outhouse. 
Except when it's raining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to say one thing. You know, you were talking about Dick Powell and what he what he had done. Besides being a singer and actor, he was a voice actor. He was a director. He was a producer. He was a studio head. Yes, he was four, yep. four star. Yes, he was four star. Uh, and we'll we'll get to that in just a bit. Um, in uh, the early 1940s, he was able to break out of the uh, song and dance uh, routine and uh, moved over to RKO, uh, where he was uh, starting to do early noir. Pictures and uh, one of my favorites of that he has done uh, that he did uh, is a thing called Johnny O'Clock. I mean, it is it is good. Yeah, sweet huh? It is good. It. I mean, the wisecracks in there. That's right, sweet huh? That and uh, he also did a lot of radio. He was uh, Richard Diamond uh, on radio. David Jansen played Richard Diamond on television. But um, I tell you, and, and many of those episodes were written by Blake Edwards. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. he was a co-producer on that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, if you, like Be- if you like Peter Gunn, you would love Richard Diamond. Okay. I mean. I remember, I remember listening to that. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I, I was young enough that I didn't, I, I never associated Dick Powell, the actor, mm-hmm. with Dick Powell, the radio actor. Yeah, he was Richard Diamond. Good, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, Four Star Television was formed in the 1950s, and he formed that. Dick Powell formed that with David Niven, Ida Lupino, and Charles Boyer, and and he was uh, he was the, he was the uh, HMFIC. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tell us what that is. I don't Harry. think I will, oh, okay. but I think uh, I think people will be able to figure uh, that one like out. It. HM yeah, you you get the idea. MF, uh, yeah, yeah, HM, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the idea. Uh, anyway, uh, in in the later 1950s, uh, Dick Powell came to do westerns, and I have not been able to find why he started um, Zane Gray Theater uh, as a young man. Okay, and uh, apparently this goes back to the age of two. Somewhere, somehow or another, he was introduced to the Zane Gray stories, and he loved the Zane Gray stories. He'd read them and reread them. Well, every time there was a, a Zane Gray, uh, as it came on, let me see if that's the right one there. No, you're reading off the cue cards again. Yeah, no, I'm trying. Oh, this, this is the, this is how the uh, Dick Powell uh, Zane Gray Theater oh, would uh, would open. So here we go. Listen to this. Dick Powell. Badge. It's been worn by every famous lawman from Wild Bill Hickok to Gary Cooper. And I reckon Coop wore it more than anybody. Being sheriff in the early days was a pretty rough job, but the pay was quite high, $125 a month, plus a bonus for each arrest. Sheriff Pat Garrett is best known for killing the notorious gunman Billy the Kid. His bonus for that job, $2.50. Of course, in those days, that was a month's rent. Sometimes, in the case of an emergency, a sheriff would ride shotgun for Wells Fargo. Oh, by the way, the last stage holdup was July 9th, 1915, in Yellowstone. The bandit got $200. One of the passengers on that stage was Bernard Baruch. And I show this week, I get a chance to play a sheriff. 
Appearing with me are Robert Vaughn and Beverly Garland. That was a, a pretty decent episode, too. That was too. pretty good, uh, yeah. Dick Powell, wasn't it? Well, now, uh, for those who may wonder was how good of a cowboy was he, the man could ride. Yes, he could. He could ride. And he was a pretty doggone fast draw. Yes, he was. He was well, you know, he he was a country boy from one from from Arkansas. There you go, Arkansas. And, uh, Why call it Arkansas when you can call it Arkansas? I mean, it just but, sounds right. Yeah, but you know, it, it, you gotta. You, this is we're supposed to be Western, so we gotta make it sound Western. You know what I mean? It's Arky. He's in Arkansas, like like Festus. Festus like, is from Arkansas. No, you know. he's not. He wasn't. No, he's not. he was from Texas. He was from Texas. Texas. Yes. Well, you know, the Hagans are all from Texas, and they're notorious. I, I tell you, his, his family came from, from Arkansas, though. Don't Missouri. you know? Missouri. 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 Well, before that, they were in Arkansas. Don't you know? <laughs> no, no, they were in Missouri. They were never in Arkansas. Nope. Oh, dang, my pappy told me different. Your pappy read Wikipedia, and he needs to stop doing that crap. Oh, them, them wiki, wiki, wikipedias, are, yeah, they get you in trouble. They do, they do. Let's talk about Zane Gray Theater, an well, anthology. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it's an anthology of a bunch of really good stories. Well, let's see, five seasons, 149 episodes. Uh the theme was done by a fellow named Joseph Mullendore. He uh, frequently starred himself. In fact, one of the things we looked at said well, the hosting was, well, I know he did 15 of them because mm-hmm. I got a list of all 15 mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. <laughs> well, I think it's also important to remember that in 1948 he did Station West, yes, which was a western. Yeah, yes. we haven't got to the news yet. Well, no, but right. we had jumped ahead to the TV. So yeah, no, no. Let's talk. About, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that movie, Station West. Go ahead, Todd. Well, and you got Jane Greer and Agnes Moorhead, so who was ta- uh, 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 Samantha's mother on uh, Bewitched, mm-hmm. and she was also. Uh, Humphrey Bogart's Nemesis and Dark Passage. Um, but, you know, this film, Burl Ives, Tom Powers, Steve Brody, Big uh, Big Boy Williams, Raymond Burr, Michael Steele, Jane Greer. I mean, what a cast. John Doucette. John Kellogg. Deep. Yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, there's, there's, this is one of the neat things about this movie. You know, it, we know that Dick Powell was a singer. Burl Ives was a singer. He did three songs in it. He mm-hmm. did A Stranger in Town, The Sun Shining Warm, and A Man Can't Grow Old. I liked the movie. My wife did not like the movie because of Burl Ives' singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, you know, you know. This, this is the thing that gets me about I think Stations West is one of the most outstanding westerns among all of the outstanding westerns. It has one of the greatest all-time movie fights with the Powell and Big Boy Williams, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's you know it is a brutal fight, and it looks and it doesn't make any of the top 100 lists. I don't yeah. know what's wrong with all these so-called movie critics, experts, and historians. What's I think you hit it on the head, Bunker. They're so-called. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, you know, you got Tom Powers in there. You know, you got Gordon Oliver. You know, it's just, it, and it's just it's just an outstanding film. 
but you mentioned there was another western that he did. Well, actually, I've got I've got a whole slew of them here. Okay, and uh, I'm going to skip the first one because it's not a western, and because it has questionable. Yeah, IMDb suggests that there were 152 westerns that he uh, he did. Most of them, in, uh, they only listed Station uh, Station West, and uh, there was another one, Chevron Playhouse or something like he that. Did Lux, well, he did Lux Radio Theater, Yeah, and he did a, a, a radio broadcast of Mrs. Mike, which was one of his, one of the ones I call a Western, because uh, Mrs. Mike takes place in Canada mm-hmm. uh, at the ni- in the 1900s. He's a Mountie, a city girl comes up. And it was based on a book written by, uh, uh, where, is, where is it here? I, I got it here. Some, oh, here we go. Uh, Alfred Lee, well, that's the screenwriter. I've got their name. Oh, here we go. Benedict Friedman, Nancy Friedman were the writers. This is, this is considered a young adult's classic mm. from that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the cast, you had J.M. Kerrigan, Angela Clark, Will Wright, uh, Nan Boardman, John Milligan. Who just did a ton of stuff, and uh, I say basically it was oh Chief Yovahachi was in it, so it had to be good. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, you know her her and it's based, you know, based on a true story, fictionalized true story uh, of her experiences as a city girl going up into the far Yukon and living with her Mountie husband. Little-known Western actor is Dick Powell. That is, uh, he is our topic for today on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts, David Layton. We'll be back with much more right after this commercial break. Do stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 
702-777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. Here, Dan Tootin. Yes, sir, Bob. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, and David Layton. We're talking about uh, actor Dick Powell. That music just show. Western, it's westerny. Western, westerny music. Yeah. Well, I've got. Let's, let's continue with the movies then. Uh, I'm going to start with Too Busy to Work, 1932. It's not really a western, but it was a Will Rogers picture, and in the storyline was he was a hobo who mm-hmm. his wife, uh, the scoundrel, ran off with his wife and daughter, and he, he years later he catches up with him and pretends to be a handyman and everything works out mm-hmm, and they live happily ever after. The other one is kind of neat. It's Cowboy from Brooklyn and in that one he's a singing tenderfoot with a phobia about animals that hires onto a Wyoming dude ranch and is taken for a cowboy by fast talking New York agent Pat uh-huh. O'Brien. It's a musical comedy uh, and it had Priscilla Lane, Dick Ferran, who was a singing cowboy. Yes, he was. Ann Sheridan, Johnny Davis, Ronnie Regan was in there. That's Ronald for you uh, more formal Republicans. Emma Dunn. It was shot at the Warner Brothers uh, back lot. Hal Wallace, the, the legendary Hal Wallace, was the uh, producer. And the songs were by Johnny Mercer, Richard Whiting, and Harry, Harry, Harry Warren. Some of the heavyweights of music writers back in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one now is Going Places. This is 1938. And in this one, he's a sporting goods salesman who's forced to pose as a famous horseman and jockey to boost sales and is caught up in a tangle of lies. Again, a musical comedy, many funny, ingenuous scenes. Uh, he shared the scheme with Anita Louise, Alan Jenkins, who's great at comedy, Ronald Reagan again. Uh, who else? We got anybody interested? Now nah, we'll skip all of them. The Dandridge sisters were there, and uh, the song "Jeepers Creepers" was introduced by Louis Armstrong, who was also in that. Interesting. How about that, Jeepers Creepers? Where'd you get those peepers? Todd, did your dad ever talk about uh, Dick Powell or anything influenced yeah. him? <clears throat> well, my my no, but my mom did. My mom used to think that he was good looking, and she would, you know, she would say that she. She used to see him around Vegas because, you know, my mom moved there in 54 mm-hmm. and my dad was there the entire length of the 50s. He was a dancer and she she worked at the at the Sands and then at the Dunes and she used to see him around town. And so did so did my dad. They, they you know, there were people there were fixtures in Vegas and uh, Dick Powell was one of them. And uh, I always used to say that, you know. 
if you don't think Dick Powell's a good actor, go watch The Bad and the Beautiful and watch Murder My Sweet. Oh yeah, yes, yes. And you'll uh, if you if you don't have a pulse if uh, you can't recognize it at that point. <laughs> uh, he's you know he's as uh, in The Bad and the Beautiful. It's it's as ugly as it gets because it's 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 the way real life is. You know, there's no, there's not a lot of yelling and screaming, uh, even though the people are as evil as sin, yeah. and they're coming at you from all sides, and there's no holds barred. Uh, they don't need to, they don't need to get, you know, in today's ridiculous uh, media world, you know, when somebody before somebody shoots you, they have to scream at you for 15 minutes, and tell you how horrible and disgusting you are. In this movie, they're cutting people's heads off left and right, and cut their hearts out, and they they do it with a smile. Oh. And Is there any other walking. way? <laughs> What's that? Is there any other way to do it? No. Okay. Well, well now you know we, we've got Riding High. Uh, this was 1943, yes. a comedy. Uh, a city girl, Dorothy Lamore, gets uh, goes out west to star in a nightclub act and meets up with a gold prospector who just happens to be William Powell. I'm mean, William Powell, Dick Powell, wrong Powell there. Uh, but uh, Victor Moore was in there. Uh, Ward Bond was in there. Uh, the, there was an Academy Award, nominated for Academy Award for sound recording. Uh, it was shot out at Arcadia in the Santa Anita racetrack. And uh, Douglas Dumbrill, Max Baer, Fritz Field, Paul Harvey, some of the old old horses of the pistol business were there. Uh, now we got, this is this is a neat one. This is really a neat one. I remember this one. It, it seared into my brain in 1951, and I still remember it. it and that was the tall target. Uh-huh. Yes. Anthony Mann. Uh, a police sergeant, that's Dick Powell, follows a tip that Lincoln is a target of assassination t- attempt at an 1861 train stop. Uh, very nourish, very suspenseful. Uh, from the PR, this is one of the things that they were saying, you'll never see the target till the very end. <laughs> and Marshall Thompson was in there, Ruby D, Will Greer, Leif Erickson, Adolph Manju, uh, great cast. Yes. And now this right. this this is the fun one. This is this is the Hooter. The Hooter. The Hooter. Uh, Calloway went that away. Nineteen fifty one. He just did a cameo in it, but it was a takeoff uh, because the picture business at that time was very much down on the uh, T V business and Hopalong Cassidy was really peaking at the time, so they kinda did uh, their attempt at a uh, parody. And in it, Fred McMurray and Dorothy McGuire play, play pr- uh, promoters that are trying to capitalize on this. Howard Keel is the B Cowboy star. Jesse White is with him. Uh, Natalie Schaefer, who we remember from uh, Gilligan's Island. Dan Haggerty, who worked in everything, especially Death Valley days, was there. Uh, Clark Gable did a cameo. Elizabeth Taylor did a cameo. Uh Oh, and Glenn Strange was in there. He does he does a fight with Howard Keel. Mm-hmm. That was shot out at the Iverson Ranch. And my last one is actually it's kind of a contemporary. It's one that Dick Powell directed, and this is highly recommended. It was Split Second, uh, nineteen fifty three, and uh, Stephen McNally was the lead in it. He plays an escaped convict that is hiding out in a Nevada desert ghost town. 
just also happens to be the site of the atomic testing. Mm-hmm. And it's do they live or do they die? Interesting. And that's the movies. That's Dick Cal movies as they were hitting with. Interesting. How many episodes of uh, Death, uh, not Death Valley Days, uh, of Zane Grey Theater? Zane Grey, with him in? Well, he he did 123. As a host. As a host. Okay, he get, he, he starred in 15 of them. I'll just run down the list real quick, if you can bear with me. If not, I'll ignore it. Uh, yeah, go for okay. it. The Long Road Home, he was Sam Gracie. Uh, Courage, and, uh, Courage is a Gun, he was Marshal Jess Brackett. Back Trail, he was John Fallon. The Deserters, Sergeant Major Ben Dravo. The Open Cell, Sheriff Morgan Winter. Sundown at Beater Creek, Dan Case. The Scaffold, Sheriff Ross Connors. Let the Man Die, Dr. Mike Reynolds. Welcome Home, a Stranger, Sheriff Ben Sanderson. Confession, Sheriff Haggett Slate. Death in a Wood, Lawrence. A Small Town that Died, Dave Cameron. Desert Flight, Mike Brenner. Ambush, Colonel Blackbird, and the last one, the silent infantry, and he was rebel, and that was his first one. No, it wasn't the first one. Okay, the first one was alone. It was a long ride home. But he did a ton, and he did a lot of lawmen. Yeah, and the the top guest stars on uh, the Zane Gray Theater, Walter Sands, Denver Pyle, Bill Irwin, and uh, is it Char- Chris Alcalde? Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda. No, I'm sorry. He's not part. Uh, Bill Irwin, Denver Pyle, and Walter Sandy. Uh, they were each in seven episodes of um, Zane Gray Theater. Denver Pyle was a guest star in a buttload of, oh. <laughs> of it, Westerns. It was required. You know, you could. Oh, I, I was watching him this morning in uh, The Rounders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw him in a Lone Ranger uh, last night, uh, just fleetingly. <laughs> you know, it is amazing how young he was in some of those. Oh, I know. So, wow. Yeah. I want to add two yeah. more things to it from the TV days. They were from the Four Star Payhouse. He did two that I know of Western episodes. One was Trails In. It was in 53. He was U.S. Marshal Philip Dana. And the uh, other one was A Spray of Bullets. And this is interesting. His character's name was... Will Sonnet. <laughs> Let's talk about. Well, go ahead. I, I just want to throw in. Uh, you also had Tom, uh, Richard Anderson on Zangree Theater, mm-hmm. yeah, and Tom Tyron, and Chester Morris, and Mary Astor from The Maltese Falcon, Beulah Bondi, uh, Julie Adams, Dewey Martin. Um, it's amazing how the you know the quality Cameron Mitchell. Uh, out of the quality of these actors, including Carolyn Jones, yeah, from from the Adams family, and of course Paul Richards. So you know the you had that's why they work so well. Ann Baxter and Guy Madison, and I just it's amazing that the depth James Coburn and Danny Thomas, Danny Thomas in a western, yeah, really, um, yes, he did a couple know, of them, and his daughter was in Marlo. the same episode same with episode, him, yeah, yeah. and Richard Brashart. Uh, it's just amazing that you had such true quality actors, good actors, Tuesday Weld, um, you know, that were able to bring, you know, it, 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 in a way it was the kind of the golden age of television um, because you had, it, it, it didn't, it had a tint to it. People tried to apply it, but then there were plenty of people who said, you know what, I need work and I'm ready to go. 
And who started out in a lot of that was Sam Peckinpah and Blake Edwards, as we said before, mm-hmm. and oh, Aaron, Spelling. Yeah. Aaron Spelling. Aaron uh, Spelling. So the titans of Hollywood got their cut their teeth in these days. Why in can't the 50s. Why can't these kinds of programs come back? Is there no audience? Oh, I mean, we we would be an audience, but. In in general, is there just plumb no audience for this kind of production? There, We're the wrong. There isn't. There isn't an audience. I, I hate to say it, but it's true. I just I was talking to one of our future guests the other day on the phone, Harry mm-hmm. uh, Bill Reynolds, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, Todd, I've come to the conclusion that I'm that I'm not going to change the world. I'm I'm not going to bring the West back into the mind and the media consciousness." of America like it was, you know, as I was a kid and or my dad was a kid before me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the se- even some of the 70s. Mm-hmm. He said, but what I am going to, what I have realized I can do, and I think this is something that all of us here realize or hope for or wish for, which is to not let it die. Right. Uh, we'll never bring it back to where it was um, because you've got to, you know, then we'd have to be under, you know, creating uh, the Joker's mind control box on top of the television, <laughs> which I'm really not opposed to. Let me be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, it just Bill said to me, Todd, I know that I can't do this, but I can do this. And that's what I'm going to do. And I remember years ago at the Cowboy Poetry Festival, there was a kid walking around, uh, probably 16, had Levi's on, a straw cowboy hat. And, uh, you know, looked like a kid who might work as a cowboy. Uh, at least he looked authentic. He didn't, you know, look like some uh, dime store country western singer. And uh, <laughs> he, 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 he came walking up, and I'm sitting there with Roger Eads and I, who's also going to be a guest yes. with us. And, you know, the two of us are dressed up like we're in the movie... Um, Lonesome Central Dove Castillo. or Tombstone or something like that, and and he walks up and he says, uh, "Hello, gentlemen," and I said, "Well, hello, how are you?" You know, <laughs> kind of make a little fun of his deep voice. Yeah. I said, uh, "What are you What are you doing there, fella?" And he goes, uh, "Well, I was just wondering if you guys would like to look at my art." And he had a eight by eleven folder. And I said, well, sure, sure, Roger, let's look at his art. And he did these pencil drawings, but they were all of John Wayne, Hmm. every one of them. He did about 11. And I said, after we were like, we were in awe how quality of his his talent was, but also his, his definitive characterizations. And I said, I have to ask you a question before you leave. Who is it? How is it? Why is it that... You're 16 years old, and you're 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 drawing John Wayne, and um, half of the people here at the Cowboy Poetry Festival, Western Cowboy Festival, don't know who John Wayne is. He said because when I was a little kid, I was right starting out right uh, from the time I was a year old or so, my dad sat me on his lap, and we sat on the couch, and we watched John Wayne movies endlessly. So by the time I'm about six years old, I not only know who John Wayne is, but I love him. And here I am, 16, and I still do. Wow. So that's the only way it's going to happen. And yeah. so, you know, um, I just think that, the unfortunately, the, the quality of the product is there, 
but the audience is, you know, you know yeah, they're, yeah. they're too busy chasing Cardi B's newest video. Right. I want to throw an idea out there because, you know, listening to what you were saying, it, it popped in my head that, you know, you know, we, we're all guilty of see, wanting to see it the way we want to see it. And the people that are writing them now, they're writing them the way they want to see them. And the people that are making them are making them the way they want to see them. And then I learned this from from you know, Western writers. They're right. They're having kind of a golden age, and it's because uh, it's not the f- fiction as much as it is the nonfiction is really just gaining momentum. But what I'm thinking is they're writing in a sense to the demographics, to where the market is. They're oh, sure. writing for the market sure. and not for themselves. They yeah. just for themselves. Right. But they're writing. And I think, you know, it's like, because I, I, I thought this, I've been thinking this more and more. It's like, you never see Westerns on Masterpiece Theater. No. Why not? Because uh, people can write Westerns that would qualify for Masterpiece Theater. Uh, Friday on uh, Wake Up Tucson, they were doing, they do a movie segment, mm-hmm. and the topic was Christopher Walken, and I call in like I do every time. And uh, one of the things, though, is I started out by saying, my number one Christopher Walken movie is uh, Heaven's Gate, which I like better than Deer Hunter. Mm-hmm. All of the people that are very much film buffs there, they couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, well, it's just, it's just you know, it's Buster Scraggs is a perfect example. Yeah, that was great. That, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't written for us. It was written for a demographic. It just so happens that we, we like it. Because <laughs> if, if, if it's good, we're yeah. going to fall, fall into it. All right. We got to do our uh, next commercial break here. We're way over. So hang on. We'll be back with much more of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, and David Wigan. We'll be right back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. 
The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. Hi everyone, it's Susan McRae and welcome to Chaparral Roundup. As you know, I've postponed the March event to October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd so we can all relax, have a great time with great dinners, a great lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, Q&A panels, screenings of a couple of our favorite High Chaparral shows, the documentary of Kent McRae so we can honor him during his favorite reunion. And we have a great silent auction to benefit the Robert F. Hoy and Kiva Hoy charity at the Tucson Medical Center. If you're already registered for March, you're automatically registered for October. But if you're not, you better register by September 17th. I look forward to seeing you all, and so does Don, with his confessions of an acting cowboy. You'll have fun. See you in October for the Chaparral Roundup at Lodge on the Desert in Tucson, Arizona. I guess I got the masked man to thank for keeping me out of more trouble, Bill. Masked man? Call him that if you want to. Or you can call him by another name. What's that? The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. This is the Voices of the West. You know, I always think that stuntman, too, the, that mass stuntman. The mass stuntman. Yes. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the incognito Apache. Yeah. He who not. Well, he otherwise known in certain circles as he who have him whiteface. Nah, my wife's name for him is, uh, is absolutely perfect. He who never looks at camera. <laughs> that, yeah. way, that way he gets more camera time uh, we're I just wanted to throw in one thing Harry yeah. about Dick Powell Please. when you talk about how good of an uh, we've already established how great of an actor he was and a producer and a businessman but what a director he was between yes. the enemy below and the hunters yes. Oh man, yeah. uh, both with Robert Mitchum yeah. are as good of war films as ever and the enemy below stands up to uh Anything uh, like Destination Tokyo or Run Silent and Run Deep, yes. or any of the great submarine films mm-hmm. of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And you got again, you got to throw Split Second back in there because that's sure. a great Nori uh, Atomic Age. Well, you know, hide in, under your school desk movie. Before uh, be, before Zane Grey Theater came about, Four Star Productions came about, and uh, that's a result of uh, uh, Dick Powell seeing the impact that television was going to have, and so, in other words, to uh, make some money off of the deal, he uh, started Four Star Films, yeah. Four Star Productions, Four Star International. It, uh, well, and it's important to remember that not only are Charles, his three partners, Charles Boyer, David Niven, and Ida Lupino, 
Hollywood icons. Right. But it's also important to remember that Ida Lupino was just as good a director as he was. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She was She was. She, a sleeper and director. And she was a serious smoking babe. Yes, no question about that. <clears throat> oh, by the way, I happened to see Rhonda Fleming in a movie uh, the other day. <laughs> Sorry about you guys. Excuse me. Wolf. Wolf. Oh, you know, the other thing interesting, he had three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. Radio, TV, yeah. and film. Yeah. Four Star put out a bunch of really good stuff. Wanted, Dead or Alive, Zane Grey Theater, Richard Diamond, Private Detective, The Detective starring Robert Taylor, Burke's Law, The Rogues, The Big Valley, The Rifleman. And I did not know this, and I find it really interesting that there were a number of series spinoffs from some of the episodes of uh, Zane Gray Theater. The Rifleman is one of those. Right. Track Down. Yeah. Sure. Uh, sure. Stagecoach West. I think Gunslingers, that's cool. Johnny Ringo. Uh, one of the interesting things about Track Down is it spawned Wanted Dead or Alive. Yeah. Yeah. And, but right. Here's a list. This I got a small list of unsold pilots. And they, all of these were, because that was part of the thing with uh, Zane Gray Theater. A lot of these were actually pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Man of Fear with uh, Dewey Martin, Trail Incident with John Erickson, Hard Case with Ding Jones, Brady with Myron Healy. I would have loved to have seen Myron get a series. Jericho with uh, Guy Madison. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Just, oh. I think it also is notable and worthy to be mentioned that, you know, you talk about a businessman. Um he was he was picked by Howard Howard used to direct, you know, uh, the Barbarian with oh, John Wayne, yes. mm-hmm. with uh, the Conqueror, with John Wayne, mm-hmm. and I mean, you can nego- if you can negotiate with Howard Hughes, you can negotiate with just about anybody. <laughs> and I'm I mean, sure- let's be honest. This is a man who lived in a, a bungalow at the Beverly Hills Hotel for three years, and during that time watched uh, my uh, Ice Station Zebra. Uh, he watched it 150 times <laughs> over his lifetime. He stopped counting at 150. So whether that number is 160 or 210, we don't know. But in in the middle of it, often, this is often, not just once in a while, often, he would get a craving for a pineapple upside down cake. And he would call the manager of the hotel. This is about a one o'clock in the morning, remember? Right. That, doesn't Most everyone do that, though? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a pretty normal thing. No? Yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> Maybe in L.A. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood. He would, he would get a craving for it, and he would call up the manager of the hotel. It's the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's not just some little motel down on La Cienega. And he would say, uh, I would like a pineapple upside down cake. And the manager said, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Hughes, but the pastry chef has already gone to bed because, you see, he gets up at four in the morning to cook the bread and the pastries for the day. He goes, I don't care if he's naked and on fire. I want a pineapple, up, a pineapple upside down cake, and I want it now. And when you finish, when you bring it, do not knock on my door. Leave it by the tree by my front door. Go back and then call me. And just let it ring once or twice and hang up. Then I'll know it's you, and I'll walk out and get the cake. And he would sit there and eat the cake by himself, <laughs> watching Ice Station Zebra. Now, if you could negotiate with this guy, 
you're a titan. I'm sure. Titan. I'm sure that Dick Powell had all kinds of wisecracks too, uh, like his characters sure. would uh, sure. w- with Hughes. You know, the, the, yeah. get, the guest stars on um, on uh, Zing Gray Theater were just incredible: Walter Brennan, Jack Palance, Celeste Holm, Dewey Martin, Ann Bancroft, Sterling Hayden, Sterling Hayden, Tom Tryon, yeah. John Forsyth, Howard Keel, Scott Brady, McDonald, Carey. Robert Ryan and David Jansen, Arthur Kennedy, Danny Thomas, we talked about, James Coburn, Van Johnson is in there, Frank Lovejoy and Beverly Garland, good grief, Walter Pigeon. It would be easier naming who didn't do it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I think. You know? I mean, he worked with everybody. I mean, Wendell Mays hey, this, wrote The Hunters. This is I mean, if, if that doesn't say enough about Dick Powell as a, yeah. as a person in Hollywood... I mean, Wendell Mays was very difficult to work with. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't willing to just work with anybody. And, and but he he did with him. The, the one one episode I do remember seeing uh, was uh, uh, Jack Linkletter and his dad Arthur Linkletter. Art Linkletter, kids say the darndest Art. things. Uh, appeared in the episode called "The Bible Man," um, and that was one of the final episodes of the series. The storyline is uh, the father is Reverend Albert Pierce, played by Art. Is uh, traveling a Evangelist, who's estranged from his now-grown son Jimmy, played by Jack, and because he's tried to avoid telling Jimmy the real circumstances of his mother's death. Ooh. I mean, it, it was real, real good you know, episode, and you just don't think of Art Linkletter acting as in, in that kind of a role. Well, yeah, it was, no. like, it was like Milton Berle doing some of the stuff he did, or Jerry yeah. Lewis, the straight stuff was yeah. better than their their comedy. Well, you know, one of the things, though, speaking of comedy, is he did a cameo on the Red Skeleton Hour playing Dead Eye at, at the Golden Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he did a lot of, he did a ton of radio, and, oh, yeah. he, and you know, just showing up as Dick Powell. But yeah. one of the radio things he did was a Lux Radio Theater, and it was the episode Mrs. Mike, which was the story of Mary Flanagan, which was based off, off of the movie that he had done. Uh, and it, uh, his uh, co-star was uh, Gene Turney and not the original uh, co-star. But that was quite common on the radio mm-hmm. stuff. It, some, some of the people wouldn't be available for Disney or whatever. But, uh, you know, that's that's a whole area, too. You know, the, the radio, the, the ton of radio that he did. And he yeah. did voiceover. Yeah, yeah. All well, right. I think it really speaks to his... His his first of all his work ethic, but yes. also it speaks to his humbleness as an artist to yeah. say, yeah, I'll do it. For yeah. me, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, I'll do it. It's about the work. Yeah. It's not about you know whether or not I I have a gorgeous uh, a gorgeous co star uh, and I get a new car and this and that and mm-hmm. all the all the trappings that come along with it because if I don't get those, then no one's going to see me and then I don't get the right table at so and so's. And right. Dick Powell was about working, and like you said, Harry, he was about making money, and then taking that money and living a good life, and we haven't even gotten into, which we don't really know about, his charitable efforts, which right. I'm sure were yeah. vast. All right, we got to do our final commercial break here. You're listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts, and David Layton. We're talking about the career of Dick Powell. We'll be right back. 
Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. I'm just a cowboy, a Texas buckaroo. I love the open spaces where skies are always blue. I just like to ride along, singing on my way. Watching o'er the doggies and rounding up the strays. Move slow, you little doggies. Slow, you little doggies.
I got to play my Ray Whitley, man. <laughs> Welcome back, table friends. He's Voices of the West. <clears throat> Pardon me, Harry, Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts, and David Layton. We're yeah, talking about... Little doggies. And little doggies there. With, uh, uh, I should have used that for my video, huh? Yeah. That I did. Yeah, maybe well, I'll know, redo I, that. I just want to throw it. Uh, well, I wanted, what I wanted to do here was play an, uh, another audio clip before Please, we run yeah. out of time That's uh, of Dick Powell. And this is from an episode called The uh, the Str- uh, Stranger in Town, and uh, it, it's really good. Listen. Well, hello, Mr. Richards. Roy, nice of you to drop in. Sit down, we'll have a little talk. This ain't a social visit. I come for your badge. This town don't need you to protect it. Well, I think it does. The word's gone out. Probably all over the county by now. Every man who handled a gun for the Confederacy to mark it down in his mind. When he comes into town, he'll come in hated. Well, I think you're wrong. The men who came back from the war have had enough fighting for a while. The rest of them would just be troublemakers anyway. You mean you won't quit? Job's got a year to go. It pays well. I think we ought to give Ben a chance. There's nobody around can do the job better, and I think most of the people in town will agree with me. I'll pay you off, give you a full year's salary, and over your badge. Oh, I think I'll keep it for the year, Mr. Richards. And then maybe I'll try to get you to sell me that range land down by Will Creek. Always kind of thought I'd like to have a ranch there. No Yankee is going to be a neighbor of mine. Well, I figured you might think like that. And that's one of the reasons I'm going to keep the job. Because when a man like you feels the way you do, this town needs me. That is just great. I mean, it, and did you recognize Barton McClain? Yes. The voice, you uh, know, it, it's a thinking man's western. Yeah. Yes. That, yes. You know, and uh, it would work today. And it would work today, definitely. No question about it. So I have to admit to my fellow compadres here and to the audience that I, I have a guilty sin. Uh-oh. that I have to admit to, uh, which is that I love the TV show Heart to Heart with okay. Robert Wagner, mm-hmm. uh, created by Aaron Spelling, right. Stephanie Powers. Right, right. I've always loved that show. I don't know why, probably because of my bad choice in women. I've dated two different women who love the show. That probably influenced <laughs> me. Um, but we're not going to go there. Um, well, I would but I always Powers. liked the show. I loved the kitchen, and I loved all the brick. And the ranch oh, house, the house, California yes. ranch house. And, you know, I've always liked it. I've just loved it. And I, it just reminds me of a period of time in my life here in Los Angeles that I was around those types of houses and I knew mm. people that had those houses and so on. And now we find out that that house sits on 48 acres in Mandeville Canyon. Yep. And it was Dick Powell's house. Yeah, right. Wow. How yeah. about that? And the it's reason that Dick Powell and the reason that Robert Wagner and Aaron Spelling used it is because they had both worked with Powell back in the forties and the fifties and the sixties. Of course, you know, Robert Wagner in The Hunters and Aaron Spelling in um, writing T V shows for him. Right. And that's the the house they both knew that Powell lived in that they thought would be perfect for Heart to Heart. 
And I think it just shows that the guy, by the way, smart. Uh, the house next door is the Robert Taylor home. That's 112 acres. Is that the, that the last time it sold? It sold here in LA for 48 million. <laughs> so we can only imagine with the the uh, uh, Dick Powell house. That's about half of that. You talk about a guy who had foresight. It was a businessman who understood money yep. and understood the, the the what a dollar was worth and how much effort it took to make it. This is an ex- that he's the textbook example. Yep. Great show today, guys. We're plumb out of time. Fun. Yeah, More fun than a sack full of squirrels. It was uh, next and that's time. That's a lot of fun. And next time we get together, we'll talk about the career of Larry McMurtry. Yes. So that's it for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 78, 79, and 80. Thank you, and so long, everybody. As you all, folks. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 